care of some things I may not know There are some places I
God, he's real. He's one. matter if he's real to me or not is is he real to you well if you know God is real and you're not ashamed and embarrassed to let somebody know you know God is real come on stand on your feet and just tell them thank you this morning give my hand clap of praise tell them hallelujah hallelujah thank you Lord thank you Lord thank you Lord and in this new year, 2020, don't you let nobody make you not know God is real. You know he's real. Don't let anybody, don't let circumstances of life and what people may say and your favorite celebrity talk you out of believing in Jesus Christ and knowing that he is the son of the most high God. Father, I thank you now for an opportunity to share your word with these, your people. Use me as you will to glorify yourself. And I pray that whatever is said this morning will have a positive impact on hearts and minds. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Giving honor to God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit, the Holy Trinity of Jehovah God, to all of you who are visiting, and certainly to the Roanoke Salem Church family. There are, there are a couple of visitors here this morning, and I know they didn't want to be called out, and I'm not going to call them out, but... They know who they are, the, the individual and the other, the two folks know who they are. Glad that you were here. You said you would come. You are here, and it blesses my heart that you chose to come and worship with us on this morning. We're going to go quickly to the book of Jeremiah in the Old Testament. Jeremiah ch chapter 29, verse 11. You all know this so well. You know this so well. Uh, Dr. Lofton, I'm going to let you slide today, but thank you for being here. Good to see you. To God be the glory. Good to see you always in the house of the Lord. Amen. Jeremiah, you all may be seated, uh, Brother Jesse. Thank you both so much. Thank all the ushers so much. Jeremiah uh, chapter 29, verse 11. We know this scripture very well. Uh, Derek, this is the first of two. This is going to be a series. It's called the 2020 series. This is the first of two messages for the 2020 series. Jeremiah 29 and 11. This is what it says. For I know the plans, I'm reading from the NIV. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you hope and a future. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. 
plans to give you hope and a future. I preached this, preached from the same subject one time, these same verses before it was a different subject. The Lord has given me a, another revelation of this same passage of scripture. I um, just want to talk about a great, great year. A great, great year. I believe that uh, most of us are already cautiously excited about this new year. Brother Nate shared uh, before he prayed, and rightfully so, that you know, we need to be concerned about our military men and women. And not only those, we, we need to be concerned about Americans who are all over the world, and particularly in, in the Middle East, because all Americans now, if you will, are targets. Um, but the president made the decision that he made. I'm not going to get political about that. I will simply say, keep God first and pray. Ask the Lord to bless our soldiers. As Nate said, bless their families and keep their families at home that are anxious and worried about them. And certainly bless all Americans everywhere, including in this country. But, but, but even with that going on, we still have reason. We still have a right to be cautiously excited about this new year. Uh, we all had some ups and downs in 2019. Amen? Amen? We all had some ups and downs in 2019. Amen? But we can still say, thank you, Lord, because we made it to 2020. The fact that we are here means we have another opportunity to be blessed by Jehovah God. We have another opportunity to glorify God by blessing people. We have another opportunity to glorify God by blessing people. We have our own things to deal with, but I promise you, it's a, it's a biblical principle. When you bless others, even when you're going through, God will give you extra common favor. He loves it when we trust him enough to say, Lord, even as I'm going through, I'm going to still do whatever I can to bless somebody else. I, I did some research about the number 20. Most of us are very familiar with this, this notion of, you know, 2020 vision. And I've heard some people already talking about 2020 vision. Yeah, that means you have so-called perfect sight. But that's natural sight. That's not spiritual sight. That's natural sight. But that's a good thing to have, 2020 vision. That's fine. But I did some research about 20 as it relates to the Bible. I read uh, where a woman named Ann Benzo She's a researcher. She, did, she found two different points of view on what the number 20 means biblically, what it may mean biblically. One thought is that 20 is the number of redemption. Amen. The, rede uh, the word redemption is a noun, and it comes from the verb redeem. To redeem means that a price is paid to set someone or something free. All of us who are believers in Jesus Christ, we've been redeemed. Jesus paid the price to set us free. Matter of fact, we even sing the song. We, we have, we have the, the best soloist uh, uh, of this song on this side of eternity in the person of Sister Lillian Squire. And nobody sings, I am redeemed, the way she sings that song. Amen now. So, so we know redeemed uh, means that someone paid a price to set someone or something free. Every Christian has been redeemed by Jesus' death on the cross Amen. And his, and his resurrection. That's one thought, that the number 20 is a number of redemption. There's a second thought that says 20 is the number of expectancy or expectation. Amen. In other words, at the end of every 20 years, the Israelites were expecting something good, something positive, something beneficial to happen to them. So another thought is that the number 20 is the number of expectation. 
Of course, we're not Israelites. We, we understand we're not Israelites. But if we allow ourselves to think that the number 20 means expecting something good, then 2020 should be a great, great year for everyone who has faith in Jesus Christ. Amen, Amen now. Amen. 2020 should be a great, great year. That should be your expectation. Regardless of what may happen, you should have the expectation starting right now that 2020 is going to be a great, great year for you. Amen. Jeremiah 29, verse 11 tells us that um, God said to his people through the prophet Jeremiah that he has plans for them. And specifically, it says he has plans to prosper them and not to harm them. Plans to give them hope and plans to give them a future. Again, we know we're not Israelites. We don't practice the Jewish faith. We are Gentiles, but, and this is an important but, we are still God's people. We're Gentiles, but we are still God's people. Where do you get that from? I get it from Ephesians chapter 3, verse 6. The apostle Paul says that Jews and Gentiles who believe in Jesus will share equally from the riches God sets aside for his children. We often hear people say everybody is a child of God. No, only people who have given their lives to Jesus Christ are the children of the Most High God. Amen. 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 Everybody is God's creation, but only those who us who humble ourselves and submit ourselves to the authority of Jesus, we are the only children of the Most High God. And Gentiles, Gentiles are just as much his children as Jews, according to the Apostle Paul, what he wrote here in Ephesians uh, chapter 3, verse 6, says that again, I'm going to read again, that we, the Gentiles, will share equally from the riches of, that God sets aside from his children. And Jews and Gentiles both will enjoy God's blessings because we belong to Jesus. We will enjoy, we do enjoy God's grace, God's mercy, God's provision, God's protection, God's everything because we belong to him because of our faith in Jesus Christ. Today I want to just talk about for a few minutes that first part of Jer Jeremiah 29 verse 11. The part that says God has plans to prosper and not to harm us. The Merriam-Webster dictionary says the word prosper means to succeed. The word prosper means to succeed. That's one definition of it. It's God's desire that we be successful. Now, let me say that again, because I want somebody prayerfully to get that into your, your spiritual heart this day. It is God's desire that you be successful. Well, Reverend, I'm not successful. Then that means you need to reexamine your life, Amen. especially now if you're saved. If, you, if you're not saved, that's something different. But if you're saved and you don't feel that your life is successful or you don't, you don't feel that you're experiencing the success you would like to, you need to do, and I say this respectfully and lovingly, you need to do a re-examination of your life because there's no doubt about it. God desires, it is his will for you to be successful in every area of your life. In God's perfect will, he predetermines what he wants us to do with our lives. Sometimes, in other words, sometimes he has already decided that this is what I want you to do in your lifetime, your assignment, if you will. 
How do I know that? Because in Psalms 90, verse 17, it speaks to his perfect will. This is what the psalmist wrote. It says, may the favor of the Lord our God rest upon us, and may his favor establish the work of our hands. Yes, establish the works of our hands. Sometimes God has already decided that you may want to be a doctor. God may want you to be a lawyer. You may be a doctor first, but you're not going to be as successful a doctor as you would have been a lawyer because that's what God wanted for you. You may want to be uh, an engineer. God may want you to be a teacher. You could be a successful engineer or have some success and, you know, make enough money. But, you, but here's the thing. When we're not doing what God called us to do, we'll never feel satisfied. You could have all the money and all that good stuff going on. You could be well-known. But within yourself, there will always be some, some turmoil, some sense of something's just not quite right. Something's just not quite settled in my soul. Why? Because we're not walking in what God has called us to. Now, again, let me make sure I'm clear. Sometimes he already predetermines what he wants us to do. And there are all kinds of examples of that in the Bible. So that's one way we can be successful. That's in his perfect will. In God's permissive will, he allows us to decide what we do with our lives. And that's all right, too. It's all right. If God hasn't set a predetermined path for your life, he's okay with us deciding, yeah, I want to do this, I want to do that, I want to go here, go there. But here, look, we always keep this in mind, especially, again, if we're talking to the saved folks right now. Proverbs 16 and 3 talks about God's permissive will. It says, commit to the Lord whatever you do and your plans will succeed. So in God's permissive will, if he allows me to decide what I want to do with my life, what the psalmist is saying is, whatever it is, commit it to the Lord. Say, Lord, yeah, I want to be a musician. Lord, yeah, I want to be a preacher. Lord, yeah, I want to be an architect. Lord, yeah, I want to be an actor. Lord, yeah, I want to be whatever it is you want to be. But say, Lord, but I want you to be glorified. I'm not going to do it just for what I'm going to get out of it. Lord, if you allow me to choose what I want to do with my life, I want you to be glorified by my life. In other words, Lord, I want you to be all up in it. I want you to have control over it. Guide me, direct me every step of the way. Psalms, again, Proverbs 63 says, Commit to the Lord whatever you choose to do, and your plans will succeed. There are two things we need to understand about God's plan for our prosperity. Two things. First of all, God's plan for prosperity only applies to his people. It sounds tight. It might sound unfair, but it is what it is. Bishop T.D. Jakes, who most of us probably know of, says favor ain't fair, but it is what it is. Why is that? Because only those of us who are willing to submit ourselves to his sovereign authority, the, we are the ones that he will prosper. There are un, listen, don't, don't get me wrong. There are unsaved people who are prospering, but it's with a price. And a lot of them, their prosperity doesn't last anyway. A lot of them, if you can look behind the veils of their life, you'll find out they're just as miserable as they can be. And a lot of them, if they're prospering in an illegal or immoral way, God's not going to let it stand for long anyway. A lot of folk jump out there and they're hot for a moment. They're, they're rich for a moment. They got the name in the community for a moment. Give them about two, three good years if, they, if they're walking without the Lord and see what happens. Amen now. Amen. So number one thing we need to remember, one thing we need to remember is that God's plan for prosperity 
only applies to his people. Ephesians 3 and 6 reminds us of that. I told you that as Gentiles, we are just as much in the loop of getting God's riches as the Jews. And then remember what it says uh, in John 14 and 6. Jesus himself says, I am the way, the truth, what, and the life. He said, nobody gets to the Father. Nobody can be connected to the Father except through me. So God's plan for prosperity only applies to his people. Does some of you all know, and maybe folks my age may not know this name, does anybody know the name Devon, William, uh, Devon uh, Franklin? He's a famous producer in Hollywood, young African-American man. He's, Devon is probably in his late 30s. He may be in his early 40s. He has produced some of the, the most famous and, and most successful commercially successful movies, uh, and he's married to an actress named Megan Good. Some of you all may know the actress, Megan Good. Well, Devon is a Christian, and Megan is a Christian. I don't know at what point in her life Megan became a Christian, but she is a Christian. I'm, I'm using him as an example of someone that God will take and put them in a place where Christianity a lot of times is not even considered, but his man his man, Devon Franklin, is right there in Hollywood, and he's making deals with some of the biggest movies that are produced in Hollywood every day. Matter of fact, Devon Franklin is also a preacher. You can Google him and go, on his, and go online and see him preaching. But he is one of the most sought-after, well-known producers of all kinds of movies, not just Christian movies. But the movies that he produces usually are movies that are... They might be PG at the most. He doesn't get into, you know, PG-13 and R-rated type stuff because that's against his Christian values. But I want to use him as an example. What about Kathy Lee Gifford? Some of you all remember her. She just recently retired uh, as one of the co-hosts of the third hour of the Today Show. Kathy Lee Gifford has been around for years. She is well known. Uh, She has done very well financially. And she's always been open about her faith in the Lord Jesus. All these years on TV, all these years of doing in in the entertainment industry, Kathy Lee Gifford has never shied away to publicly say that she believes in God. She's even specifically called the name of Jesus time and time again in her conversation. Not just in interviews now when she's not. No, on her job, on the Today Show, she's talked openly about her faith. And NBC didn't fire her. She decided it was time to walk away. Amen now. Amen. Amen. Y'all know Kanye West, the latest convert. Who am I to say Kanye's not for real? Kanye has recently released a a CD that says, uh, what is it, Jesus is king? Jesus Jesus is king. Now, Kanye says that all that stuff he did in the past, that's in his past. He says, now I'm going to let my life glorify the Lord. He's holding services in a park in, in Los Angeles every Sunday. Uh, thousands of people are showing up, and they're praising the Lord. I pray Kanye is for real. If he's not, God will reveal that to us. But let me say it this way. Who better for the Lord to use than somebody like Kanye West, who had already made his name all over the world, has millions of followers, so you know that if he begins to truly serve the Lord Jesus, a lot of those folks who are his fans are going to follow Jesus too. They're going to come to get the Lord. So I pray, that, I pray that the Lord uses Kanye mightily. My point is, God will let you do what you want to do as long as you give him to the glory. And Kanye has said, I want everything I do now to be about glorifying the Lord. 
Amen. Amen. Here's the second thing you need to know about God's plan for prosperity. God's prosperity is more than wealth and riches. God's prosperity is more than wealth and riches. God prospers his people. Here's how he does it. By helping us to succeed in whatever we do. God prospers his people by helping us to succeed in whatever we do to bring him glory. Think about Martin Luther King Jr. Think about Mother Teresa. Think about this woman that you probably have never heard of. Her name is Gail Williams. She was an international humanitarian worker with a group called S-E-R-V-E, Serve Afghanistan. Now, these are all people that God prospered. But let me tell you this. They didn't prosper necessarily in the financial sense. Some of you all who are familiar with Dr. King's story, yes, he was internationally known. Yes, he won a Nobel Peace Prize. But most of Dr. King's work was funded by the donations of other people. The NAACP, the SCLC, all kinds of just individuals letting Dr. King and those in his inner circle come and stay in their homes when they travel. It wasn't that Dr. King was a rich man. He wasn't rich in wealth at all, but he was rich in the glory of the Lord. That's why God could use him to have the impact on this world that he did. Mother Teresa could have been anywhere in the world as a Catholic nun, but she chose, she asked the Vatican, she asked the Pope to give her the assignment to go to one of the dirtiest, most horrible, most plagued places on the face of the earth, Calcutta, India, and work in the slums of Calcutta, India for the majority of her life. But she, and, and everybody in the world knew who Mother Teresa was. Folks were coming from all over the world to go to Calcutta to see Mother Teresa. Kings and queens and, and, and dignitaries. Mother Teresa didn't stop what she was doing, get on a plane and go to Washington. Washington got on a plane and went to Mother Teresa. That's the kind of influence God will give you when you're doing what you're doing for your glory. That's how he prospers you, because he helps you to succeed in whatever we do to glorify him. Now, I've been talking about God's plans to prosper his people. Let me move on quickly to where it says, and not to harm you. You need to understand this. It's never God's plan to harm his people. But sometimes serving God does come with a high price. It's never God's plan to harm his people. But sometimes serving God does come with a high price. Martin Luther King Jr., and Gail Williams, they were both killed while serving God and help me, helping people. Let me be clear. God did not bring harm on Dr. King. God did not bring harm on Gail Williams. But it's understandable that we might ask, well, why does God sometimes allow his people to be harmed as we work to glorify him? The truth is there is no simple answer to that question. Let me tell you this. There is sin in this world. And God, again, gives man free will. And sometimes, and I'll say this specifically in the case of Dr. King, and I would say probably Gail Williams too, who I don't know anything about, but I can say Dr. King. There are some people that God's divine assignment for them is to be a martyr. That was God's divine assignment, I'm sure, for Dr. King. Don't you think Dr. King would have loved to live to be 60, 70, 80 years old? Of course he probably wouldn't, to see his children grow up and to spend his days with his wife Coretta. But that was not God's divine assignment for him. He was one of those that in God's perfect will, God had already predetermined what he wanted him to do and the season for him to do it. And Dr. King himself let us know that he was okay. In fact, he was satisfied with what God had called him to do. 
He said, I may not make it with you. He said, I've seen the, 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 the mountaintop, been to the mountaintop, and I've seen it, what, what we're looking for on the other side. He said, I may not make it, but he was happy that at least God let him see it. Dr. King knew in his inner spirit that he was a martyr. He probably didn't know, think about it was a matter of, uh, uh, it was just a matter, a question of when, because he knew that the forces of evil were against him, and yet he still achieved his divine purpose. So the point I want us to understand is, it is not God's will, and it's not in his plan to harm us, but sometimes serving him does come with a price. There's depravity in the world, uh, and, and, and sometimes when God allows us or when we die in service to the Lord, it inspires more people. It doesn't kill the movement. It makes it grow. That's what happened with Dr. King. People thought that when Dr. King was murdered, that would be the end of the civil rights movement because the great leader of the movement was gone. What they didn't recognize is that the movement wasn't about Dr. King. It was about the Lord Jesus. But Dr. King was his vessel on the earth to push it forward. And when he was gone, others stepped up. And because of Dr. King, all those others, some of them in your own families, we are where we are today. That was always part of God's plan. And he used this man and he used others to get us to where it goes. So God sometimes lets people, God allows that there are things happen to folks that may take them off the scene, but it doesn't end the movement. And in fact, it inspires others to do a large work. Who's our greatest example of that? Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ said, you're going to do greater than what I did. When Jesus Christ went off the earth, there were people, those crazy Romans and some of those Pharisees and Sadducees, they thought, well, that's the end of the Christian movement because Jesus is dead. No, what they did was they just lit a candle that exploded all over the world. Those, those disciples that followed Jesus, they went everywhere preaching and teaching Jesus. Some of them, in fact, all of them were murdered except for one. John, all the rest of them were murdered for going on and keeping that movement alive. But because of that work, all over the world, people know Jesus. People know that they have the opportunity to be saved and to go to heaven and be live in eternity. Even in death, and you need to understand this, even in death, God's people still prosper. Even in death, God's people still prosper. Where do I get that from? Revelation 14 and 13, this is from the NIV. It says, Then I heard a voice from heaven say, Write, Blessed are the dead, listen now, who die in the Lord from now on. Yes, says the Holy Spirit, they will rest from their labor, for, for their works do follow them. So even in death, if we are serving the Lord, we still prosper. Why? Because we're going to be in eternity with him. Amen. Amen. You don't lose anything. You, don't, you, don't, you, don't, you, don't, you haven't missed out on anything. You have not ended in a bad way if you die in service to the Lord. Matter of fact, you got a reward coming to you on the other side of eternity. Knowing that God has plans to prosper us and not to harm us should be our motivation to serve God more in 2020. Knowing that he has plans to prosper us and not to harm us should be our motivation to serve him more in 2020. If we die this year serving the Lord, we still prosper. Amen now. I believe 20 is the number of great expectation, and I'm believing that 2020 is going to be a great, great year for all of us. In 2020, here are some of the ways I expect the Lord to prosper us, to help us succeed. I expect the Lord to prosper us in our relationships. First with him and then with everybody else. 
In the book of Mark, chapter 12, verses 30 and 33, Mark said that we are to, well, Jesus himself, Mark wrote it, but Jesus said, we are to love the Lord our God with all our heart, with all our soul, with all our mind, and all our strength. In other words, love him first and love him most. And then he said, and we're to love our neighbors as ourselves. I believe God will help us love him deeply and love him more faithfully and love him more sincerely and our neighbors in 2020. Amen now. First Timothy chapter 2, verses 1 through 3. It says that we are to pray for one another. So I think in our relationships with each other, we're going to pray for more each other in 2020. It says, including those who are in authority over us. You heard Nate say, pray for our president. Think whatever you will about our president, and we all have strong feelings. But the Bible says that doesn't excuse bad behavior. But the Lord says, pray for those in authority and pray that they will see the light. And when they don't do what they're supposed to, God has a time and a way to take care of it. Amen. It may be in the election. It may be before the election. But don't think folk get away with doing wrong. But God says we are to pray for them, hoping that they'll repent and do better. Colossians chapter 3, verses 12 and 14. We need to be more patient and forgiving of each other in 2020. And I think God's going to help us do that. There's somebody that you need to forgive this year. And there's somebody that needs to forgive you. Don't worry about whether or not they forgive you. Whoever it is you need to forgive, you forgive them. That's for your benefit. If they, if you, and if you go to them and say, listen, I, whatever this issue was we've had going on, I'm, I'm asking you to forgive me. If they don't accept your forgiveness, that's all right. That's not, God only asks and requires that we be willing and that we try to reconcile through forgiveness. We need to be, uh, we're going to be more prosperous in how we respond to brothers and sisters in Christ who may sin against us. Or if we sin against somebody, that's out of Matthew chapter 18, verses 15 and 17, talks about when we have an issue with somebody, how we're supposed to correctly respond. God's going to prosper us to have favor in that way. Stop talking about folk that you're upset with. If you're not going to go to them, if you're not going to go to him or go to her and sit him or her down and say, listen, this is my issue with what you said or what you did. If you're not going to do that, just shut up. But this talking about folk and talking about each other and running each other down, that's a sin. God says you're wrong when you do that. What does he say to go to the person? If somebody comes to you, be willing to listen. Don't assume that just because you think you're right, you're right. Don't assume that just because you don't feel like you've done anything wrong, you have not offended them in some way. may not have been intentional, but still give them the opportunity to share with you how they feel about it and, and, and hear their heart. And be empathetic. And if you need to say you're sorry, say you're sorry. One of the other things we need to do in 2020, he's going to bless in our relationships. We need to spend more time together and encourage each other. That's out of Hebrews chapter 10, verse 25. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 25. We need to spend more time together and encourage one another in 2020. Amen now. We talk about this church service and church services in general. Yes, it's true. We don't have to come to church to be blessed. We don't have to come to church to pray. We don't have to come to church to worship God. No, we don't. But remember, as believers, the Bible says that we should often get together for, for, for just to be in each other's presence, just to encourage one another. 
you know, just to, and pray for one another. I don't know what's going on with you unless you tell me. You don't know what's going on with me unless I tell you. So, and, and we don't necessarily have to share all the details, but, but just to be able to say, Brother Gene, look, I got a situation in my life, and I, I just want you to agree with me and pray on this situation. Brother Gene says, yeah, Reverend, whatever it is, I, I'll agree with you in prayer, and we pray for one another. So in 2020, I believe God is going to prosper our relationships. I think God is going to prosper our health in 2020, mental and emotional. Mental and emotional health. Psalm 147, verse 3, he's going he's gonna to prosper our mental, our, our emotional health. Because he says in Psalm 147, 147 verse 3, that he's going to be healing broken hearts. Some of us are brokenhearted over situations that are recent. Some of us are brokenhearted over things that have happened in our past. But God says in Psalm 147, verse 3, that he can heal our broken hearts. And I believe he's going to do that for us in 2020. 2020, Philippians uh, 4, 6 through 7. I think some of us are going to stop worrying as much as we worried and stressed out over stuff in 2019. And we're going to pray more with thanksgiving. And God will give us that peace of mind that goes beyond all understanding. Again, that, that, that is, um, that's from Philippians 4, 6 through 7. Don't worry, pray. I can't tell you stop worrying. I know that's, that's very arrogant for me to say stop worrying. No, you're going to worry some. You're going to be stressed out some, but what I'm saying to you is when you start to feel worried and when you start to feel stressed out, start praying. Stop that worrying and stress and, and not leaving the house and your, your health gets bad and your mind is all confused and start praying. Pray with expectation because I believe in 2020 God is going to show us that he is real and he will show up and show out, give us that peace of mind. What about our physical health? Jeremiah 30. Verse 17, the A part, says the Lord will heal our wounds and restore our health. You've got to believe that in 2020. That the Lord will, will heal your, your physical wounds, your, your hurts, your pains, your tears, and, and he's going to restore your health. Some of us got heart conditions. Some of us have high blood pressure. Some of us have diabetes. Some of us have all kinds of things. And let me say that some of what we have is stress-related, by the way. But anyway... In 2020, God is going to turn that around. If you will trust him and pray and, and, and glorify him, he's going to turn that around. Amen. Let me give you something else about physical health. Psalm 103, verse 3. Jesus will forgive our sins and heal all of our diseases. Jesus himself will forgive our sins and heal all our diseases. Some of our, some of our diseases is from our sins. Amen now. Some of our diseases, our physical ailments, is because of sin in our lives. So in 2020, ask the Lord to help you repent. Stop with the disease part, stop with the, the sin part, and you will see him turn around your physical health. This is the last one I want to share about health. James 5, 14 and 15 says, If anybody's sick, call on the elders of the church, the deacons and deaconesses and anybody who's an elder in the church, and we'll pray over you, and, and we'll anoint you with oil. And he says, and, and the Lord will forgive their sins, and the, and, and the prayer of the, of the elders will raise them up. Sometime this year, if you're sick and you've been going to the doctor, and we're not saying stop going to the doctor, you keep on going to the doctor, but maybe be bold enough to say, well, Lord, this is what you said in your word. So I'm going to call Deacon Taylor. I'm going to call Deacon Osmond and his wife. I'm going to call Deacon Taylor and his wife, Brenda. I'm going to call Deacon Jones. I'm going to call whoever. And I'm going to say, come on, and let's, I'll meet you at the church or wherever. Let's pray together. And, and, and anoint them with oil. Oil anointing ain't scary if you do it God's way. 
Now, if you come up here and I got a bottle of oil and I try to pour the whole thing on your head, you need to run. But, but anointing, as the, as the word says to anoint, there's nothing scary about that. It's in his word. Try that in 2020 along with whatever else you may be doing. Amen. I think God is going to bless us and prosper us in our finances in 2020. Deuteronomy 28 and 8 says, The Lord will bless our storehouses, which is our finances, and all of our money-making activities. Give it to the Lord. Whatever it is you're trying to do, whatever business you have, whatever it is you're doing, your job, ask the Lord to bless your, your finances. Ask him to increase your finances and believe that he will. Luke 6 and 38 says, when we give to help others, God will give greatly back to us. Don't be afraid to go in your pocket. Don't be afraid to write a check. Don't be afraid to go to the grocery store and see somebody in line, and maybe if they don't have enough money, pay for their food. Pay somebody's meal in a restaurant every once in a while. You ain't got to let them know you paid it. Luke 6 and 38, when we give to help others, God will greatly give back to us. 2 Corinthians 9, 6 through 8, we repeat it every Sunday. You know, but this I say, he was so bountifully and all that. Okay, if we sow bountifully, which means if we give greatly, God will greatly give back to us. And we will have an abundance, which means more than enough of whatever we need. You cannot outgive God. If you give for the right reason, it doesn't matter how much you give. It's just you give it for the right reason. God will take that and he'll do something supernatural to it. He'll multiply it. And he'll make sure you don't run out of resources in your house. Amen now. Amen. Amen. Last but not least, I think God is going to prosper us in our faith in 2020. And all of us can use to have our faith increase. Mark chapter 11, verses 22 and 24 says, have faith in God. Have faith in God. 2020, this is our mantra. Everybody repeat after me. I've said it before, but we're going we're gonna to really walk this thing in 2020. Repeat after me. God, God I, I trust, trust you. That's it. That's your mantra. That's your marching orders for 2020. God, I trust you. Whatever's going on in my life, God, I trust you. Whenever I'm feeling sad or depressed, God, I trust you. Whenever my health is not where I think it should be or want it to be, God, I trust you. Whenever my relationships get, get messed up and, you know, I've got some with in my home or with somebody on the job or somebody in the church, God, I trust you. Trust the Lord to take care of it. And whatever he tells you to do, that's what you do. 2 Corinthians 5 and 7 says, walk by faith and not by sight. That's what we're going to do in 2020. We're going to walk by faith. Confidence in the Lord. Yes, what we see around us is real, but it ain't all there is to it. There's a power beyond the natural that we can see. That's where our God operates. Hebrews 11 and 6 says we must have faith to please God. But if we have faith and please God, he says, he, it says that we, he will reward us, uh, reward us for our faith in Jesus. God will reward you. Doesn't matter how much faith you have, just have some faith. And God will reward your faith. I'm closing now. If we keep our bad attitudes and our negative attitudes from 2019, 2020 is going to be the same. You keep your same negative, despondent, despairing, woe is me, everything is bad, and ain't nothing ever going. You keep that attitude in 2020, it's going to be just like 2019. But if we allow God, the Holy Spirit, 
to have his way in our lives, 2020 is going to be a great, great year. The Holy Spirit will guide us. The Holy Spirit will encourage us. The Holy Spirit will inform us. The Holy Spirit will console us in the name of Jesus. The Holy Spirit will empower us with spiritual gifts that we can use to be a blessing to others. Amen. Now, remember this. God blesses us to be a blessing to others. God blesses you and me to be a blessing to somebody else. 2020 will be a great, great year for people that give their lives to Jesus and submit to the power of God the Holy Spirit. Amen? Are you determined to do better in 2020? Do you believe that God can make 2020 better? Do you really believe his word? Do you believe Jesus is the King of kings and the Lord of lords? Do you believe he has all power? Do you believe that no matter what's going on in your life, God can turn that thing around if you will trust him, do your best to obey him? Do you really believe that? They act like it and live like it in this new year, starting today. God, I trust you. That's your mantra for 2020. And God is going to show us that he is able to do everything he promised. I expect God to show up and show out in the lives of Christians all over the world, including those sitting right here at Ronald Salem. Glory, hallelujah to his name. God, I trust you. Give God some praise. I trust him.